Mindfulness Mode 122. Joy is within us. It's not something that's lost that we have to be out there seeking and trying to find. Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness on Mindfulness Mode with me, your host, Bruce Langford. On Mindfulness Mode, we talk about how people from all walks of life have discovered mindfulness and how it's impacted their lives to help them become more calm, focused, and happy. Okay, Mindful Tribe, let's get started. I'm totally thrilled to have Sue Squire on the line today. Hey, Sue, are you in Mindfulness Mode? I am, Bruce. Always am. It's the only way to live. It is. That's right. Sue Squire is a joyologist. She constantly brings joy into her own life and the lives of others, regardless of their circumstances. She shares simple tools which make choosing joy more meaningful, feasible, and fun. Sue is also a certified nutritional therapist and yoga teacher. She's on a journey of whole foods and plant-based eating and has overcome autoimmune and mental and emotional challenges by changing her relationship with food. Now that she has moved into a healthy place with her own body, Susan is delighted to spend her time helping others in her role as joyologist. So, Sue, it's great to have you here. We're talking about mindfulness. Tell me how mindfulness and being a joyologist blend together. Mindfulness is truly knowing who you are and why you are so that you can be at peace with where you are and when you are, who you're with and what circumstances you're in, whatever that is. Because if we don't know who we are, then we're always frantically going about trying to find out who we are and just searching and searching and searching and never finding, but always just looking for other things. But when we can know who we are, and I believe that we are joy, Joy is within us. It's not something that's lost that we have to be out there seeking and trying to find. It's already within us. And so when we can become mindful of who we are and tune into that joy within us, then regardless of the circumstances, we can live joyfully. Oh, so we, we are all joy. We, that is a common denominator with every one of us as human beings. Is that right? Yeah. Yes, it is. I like that. I like that. And so we have to discover that joy. How do we do that? Well, there are many ways. And as I I wrote my book called The ABCs of Joyful Living, um, just to try and make it simple, because that's the thing, too. A lot of a lot of life of what we go about, we we get so stuck in our heads and, and thinking, oh, I have to do this and this and this, and they're doing this, so I got to go do this, and I got to work at this, and I got to do this. But if we could take the time to just tune in to ourselves and find that it really is simple. You know, we make life and everything that we have going on so much more difficult than it, than it has to be. But being able to just tune in to some of these simple tools, you know, like ABCs, um, really make it a lot easier to go through. And I'm not saying that it's just easy. It's like, oh, okay, I'm going to do this all of a sudden, and you do it. It does take effort and practice, but ultimately it comes down to just that believing that we are joy and that we can choose joy in any circumstance that, you know, it's a choice. Joy is who we are, but it's also what we choose. Well, so what is this human condition we live with that makes 
living life simple sometimes difficult? Well, I think it's getting out of that connection of who we are. And so we're always trying to find somewhere or someplace else or something else that we have to do because we can't truly just be comfortable with who we are and how things are happening with us. And because we're not able to be at peace with that, you know, or like, oh, I need to be skinnier or I need to, you know, look this way or that way, or I need to exercise more or do this. And we just, we can't really tune into accepting how wonderful we already are and how all of the circumstances that we're in are crafted exactly for us, just how we need them, just when we need them. If we can look at them that way as that opportunity to connect to who we are and find it. You know, I was, I heard somewhere that um, the Chinese characters, I don't speak Chinese or anything, but the the characters um, for the words crisis and opportunity are the same. And that to me is just like, wow, that is so amazing because seriously, everything that happens is an opportunity for us to choose joy, to choose to learn from and to grow from, you know, life isn't, life doesn't happen to us. It happens for us. And so when we can connect to how life happens for us, then it becomes easier to see all of that what seems so frantic and hard and stressful, we can turn that more into joy. Well, Sue, I know that you've been through some really challenging times in your life, and that probably is what makes you such an excellent person to help others. Can you tell us a little bit, tell Mindful Tribe a little bit about what you went through that just pulled you down to the point where you felt you could hardly move forward? Okay, well, um, so the main thing was I had, you know, been happily married for 17 years, had five kids and just wonderful, and then things got really difficult in my marriage and just kind of fell apart, and we separated and divorced, and I had a few of my kids that got into some difficult challenges, and I have one son who um, has some autism that's always been a challenge, but amazing, amazing young man now. And, um, so it just got to where I was like, wait a second, my life was good. Everything I had hoped and dreamed of accomplishing, you know, reaching as a child and becoming a wife and mother just is gone now. What, what do I do? You know, who am I? Where do I go? And, and I just really started questioning a lot of things. And, Um, growing up too, I had always struggled. I come from a very big family and just trying to find my place in there and felt, you know, and I also struggled with my weight and, and so it just kind of, that was kind of the, the hitting point that was like, okay, now I have a choice here. I can go down and I can, um, be stuck in misery and regret and, bitterness, or I can choose to do something more. I can choose to rise above. I can choose to be better. And so that's what I did. I chose to come out. And like that wasn't just like all of a sudden, but I worked at first the way that I eat. And so I changed my diet and 
I lost over 70 pounds. Um, and then I started doing yoga. And at first I'm like, I can't do yoga. You know, I can barely move and do this. And, but as I kept doing it, I kept feeling better. I kept getting stronger and feeling more of a mindful connection, not just as a physical exercise, but also through as a meditative and just mindful connection of the whole mind, body, spirit. I started reading, I started just discovering things and just feeling that, you know, this, this is better. This feels better. You know, it's like, yeah, I could be angry and bitter and do that, but that, that doesn't feel good. That didn't make me feel, feel good about myself when I was trying to feel good about myself. And so the best way that I found to do that was to start in simple ways to connect to who I am, regardless of what I thought I was, because everything I thought I was was now falling apart. But could I still be who I knew I was? And so as I worked at coming to that understanding, um, I... Yeah, I certified as a yoga instructor and um, nutritional therapist, and I'm still learning and growing. I don't have all of the answers, but I know where to look because I know how to tune into myself and find great connections and other people and sources. And so, yeah, sorry, that was a little long-winded about it, but that's <laughs> kind of it. <laughs> it sounds like you lost your identity when this happened. Was this a sudden thing, the the fact that your marriage came apart? Um, I mean, it, you know, wasn't just like overnight. It had mm -hmm. kind of led up to it. You know, there was definitely struggles for a few years. and um, But it was definitely a, you know, a big hit, something that I was never thought would be something I would have to face in life. So your identity as mother and wife started to change and, and the wife won probably right away when you got divorced, but did you still have your children with you? Yes, I do. And, but then even that, my whole, you know, now being a single mom and having to deal with, with their issues while still trying to find myself became, you know, and still is a, a challenge, but it, it's a joyful challenge. I mean, I love it, you know, and it's just, Every day is just an opportunity to be able to find out something new about myself, something new about my children and, and their talents and helping them progress in their life. And they're some incredibly talented kids. So one of your children has autism. Tell us about that. What is it like helping him, teaching him, you know, just giving him the opportunities he needs in his life? Yeah, it's been a interesting thing. And we've, we've tried a lot of different things and he's, he's on the higher end, you know, he's quite well functioning and, um, but yes. he really struggles with, with reading and writing and, and just some of the, that social interaction. But as I've allowed him to just express himself, he's come into where he is like quite a little filmmaker right now. He's got his own little, um, YouTube channel where he releases films and, and trying to, his whole, his whole motto he has is it's time to change the world. And just stepping into that as his own world has been, and I don't even know how he thinks. And he says, I don't even know how I think or what I'm doing. You know, he's just, he's such a fun guy to be with. And, and to just be in that little world where, 
he doesn't really care what other people think about him, even though deep in he does, you know, we all do. We all feel that. And he's, you know, been kind of, you know, had some bullying going on and things, but he just, you know, as much as that hurts, he's one that is like, well, I know who I am. I know what I want to do. And if they have a problem with it, then that's their problem kind of thing. And so he's really taught me a lot with that too. It's kind of that same thing. You know, I know who I am. If others have a problem with that, that's not my problem. You know, what other people think of me is none of my business. And, uh, as I believe Byron Katie said that at one point. And so, uh, that's where I try to stay and where I try to help my children stay is, you know, we all have these incredible lives to live and experience. Let's just help each other and do the best that we can in supporting that and discovering who we are and sharing our gifts with, with the world. Excellent. So, Sue, you moved through this challenging time. You built yourself up. You brought yourself back. And when was the point that you decided to be a joyologist yourself? Um, it's probably been within just the last year after I finished my yoga certification and, and then, um, I was, you know, working in a job at a private school and, but that was just taking up so much of my time and I wasn't feeling that I was, you know, really doing what I wanted to do. And so I'm like, I got to do something else. I got to live, live my joy, live my truth the way that I do. And so I, I wrote the book, um, and got that out there and then just decided, you know, and, and the thing, one thing that I've learned too, is as we come to know who we are and live our truth, it's amazing the people and the opportunities and the things that just kind of fall into our lap, you know, almost, but it's more of like our eyes are now open to see and our ears to hear, and we can start to feel things and notice things that have been there all around. But because we weren't in tune to that before, we just never saw him, you know? And so, like, I, I found that came across this book um, that was written in 1909 by Christian D. Larson called The Ideal Made Real. And it's just amazing. He talks, I mean, he's like, he's my fellow joyologist. I look forward to meeting him at some point. I'm sure he's passed on now. Um, but I really want to... Uh, just do that. I mean, he says everything here too, you know, just count it all joy. Everything that we have is, it's all joy. No matter what, what we're going through, we can really live it with joy. And so I just want to do that myself. And, you know, as I've learned to meditate and overcome a lot of um, personal stuff, I want to be able to help others experience that more in their life as well. I just want to cut in here for a second and say that I've made it easy for you to download this book called The Ideal Made Real that Sue is talking about. It's a great book for sure, and it is free for you. All you need to do is go to mindfulnessmode.com slash ideal, I-D-E-A-L. Well, let's talk about your book, The ABCs of Joyful Living. Was that a mindful experience writing that? Did you sit down thinking, what am I going to write? Well, tell us about the process. Okay. Um, it actually just kind of came about, I, I used to go hiking every morning. And as I was just walking, I kept having these 
these thoughts that would just kind of come into my mind of like, you know, and, and not only thoughts, but then experiences, you know, relating to them that I had experienced either previously in my life or was currently experiencing. And, and it just kind of started coming together. And, and so then I'm just like, okay, I need to actually write this down. And it, it, it was a process that I went through and I, and I got really good a whole bunch the way through and then things came up in life and it kind of got put on the back burner and, and, uh, but then there came a point in time where it was just like, no, this needs to be done and I need to get this out now and, you know, for others, but mostly for myself, because this was something that was just constantly in my mind, you know, and more and more experiences were coming up that was like, oh, I could write about this or I could do this or how about this letter and this experience works for that. And so, so yeah, it was, it was kind of a process, but it, once I really committed to just, this is getting out, it just really kind of came together and just kind of flowed. So tell us about some of the joyful moments when you got that book out and maybe you got some feedback, you got some great feelings about having done it. Have you received feelings like that? Oh, yeah, definitely. And especially when I, you know, hear from someone that like, oh, thank you so much that, you know, I just needed that so much or I'm really trying to be more aware or thanks for helping me find joy in dance and and things like that. And I've also written some, you know, blog posts and just Facebook things, kind of expressing some of it and getting other people to share their experiences on, on some of those. And, and it's just been a really, really exciting and really, yeah, truly joyful experience to see other people finding joy in the simple everyday life, regardless of what kind of tragedies and difficulties they're going through. Right. Yeah, I really like your idea of going through with the ABCs and you've got something to say about each letter of the alphabet and D is dance, right? Yep, it is. And tell us how dance is mindfulness for you. Okay, and that one was really kind of funny because I am not a dancer by any means, you know. Um, But I discovered one day that I was really kind of having a hard time. Um, my kids were driving me crazy or whatnot, and I was just like anything but mindful and happy and joyful. And so I just turned on some music, and I just stood there. And as I listened to that music, I just started to move and sway. And and next thing I know, I was dancing like a crazy I don't know if anyone had seen me that, you know, it's been like, and I think eventually a couple of my kids came in and they're like, oh my goodness, mom, what are you doing? And I just said, I'm dancing. Come on, join in with me. And they started just joining in and, and, you know, and all of a sudden we were just, then we ended up just kind of laughing on the floor and then they left and said, you're weird. And I'm like, I know. And so I just sat there with that and I was like, you know, dance is incredible. And I love watching other people dance. And, and I think it's such an expression of that connection of the mind, the body and the spirit that can just flow in movement and grace or not so graceful in my case, (laughs) but it still is just, it's a flow, it's a movement and it's a connection. And then I've you know, and I, I wrote a blog post about this later. And like I say, even, you know, the book is, is done, but experiences still keep coming up that just apply that more into my life. And I, so I wrote this one about 
the the dance that I did was a different sort of dance. It was with my my little Ford Escort, you know. Um, he was my my trusty partner as I went from taking one kid to the dentist and then coming home and picking another one up and taking them to work and then going and getting the other one and doing these little foxtrots and tangos and, you know, things just through life, just the dance of life as I was moving from one thing to another and just finding that that flow and that connection of of life and the joyful experience that that everything is, even though it was just, you know, every day, like I say, dentist, school, work, back, forth, this, that, nothing too exciting, but it was a joyful dance to experience. That is really, really neat. I like that a lot, Sue. So, Sue, you mentioned your your meditation practice. Tell us, would you share with Mindful Tribe what meditation is like for you? Yes, I'd love to. So, um, I've always tried meditation off and on different ways for quite a while, knowing that it's like, oh, yeah, it's this good thing. and um, But always having a hard time. And then um, about, I don't know, just at, at the beginning of this year or whatnot, I learned about um, Transcendental Meditation, TM. I don't know if you've heard of that. Yes. And so I've been doing that now and, you know, got kind of trained in that and, that's been amazing, but um, regardless what meditation you have, and like I say, a lot of my meditations before that was just up in the mountains, hiking, sitting on rocks, and just, just thinking and feeling, being in nature. And But the main thing that I've learned about meditation and how it helps us be mindful is so often people, they'll be like, oh, I can't meditate because I have so much going on in my mind. And I say, I know I need to clear my mind of all thoughts, but just then I think oh, I got to do this and this and this and this, and I can't shut all that off. And it's just going crazy, you know? And it's like, we get to the point eventually where we can turn that off. But if we're always focusing on that and saying, I can't do it, I can't do it, you know, and because I can't clear my mind, but when we allow those thoughts to come and we just like, oh, okay, yeah, that's a thought. Good. Set aside. I'm not going to li- listen to you now. I'm not going to deal with you now. But thank you for reminding me of that, you know. And as we can start to just kind of put those aside, then we start to, you know, tune in to ourselves and not focus on all the other frantic, frenzied stuff that's going out there. You know, that's mindless stuff, the opposite of mindfulness. And mindless is when we're all just da, 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 all these things are thinking. And so, but again, it's not getting mad or angry at ourselves or those thoughts or anything for coming because those are parts of us. They need to come. We need to recognize them. We just need to not give them that attention. And then one other thing too, is that the meditation, however long you do it is important You know, it's good to be quiet and calm in that, but it's not as important as the effect you get from doing it. Meaning like if you meditate for five, 10, 20, however long minutes you can, but then it's, you know, the other 23 hours or whatever that you're out there and you're standing in line and somebody cuts in front of you and or says something or has 500 million coupons or something because you meditated that morning you're okay with them walking in front of you or when your son comes at you and saying eh, you're such a jerk of a mom and blah blah is because i meditated i can know 
hey, he's just in a place right now. I don't need to react to this. And so it's the after effects of the meditation that are truly the mindful practice and the joyful living. Right. I really like your explanation for that. And Sue, for those Mindful Tribe listeners who are not really clear on what TM is, can you kind of give us a short explanation of the difference between regular meditation and transcendental meditation? Um, funny you should ask. I remember asking the guy that trained me in that too. He's like, uh, transcendental meditation is regular meditation. What are you talking about? <laughs> but that is a common thing. And um, it's like I say, I'm, I'm fairly new to it, although it's been something that's been around for a long, long time. And a lot of, um, you know, people have done it. And um, But it's it's kind of, I mean, it's you have to be trained by someone that that gives you and you have a personal mantra that is it's a personal thing it's not something that you that you share with anyone and you just focus in on that and it's it's something that you try and do twice a day so like you know morning and evening um for about 20 minutes and and it is it's just it's a really powerful way to just connect to who you are and and feel that um that connection, that greater connection to a, you know, higher cosmic universe or whatever you want to call it too. And, and it's also been very effective. I know they've heard, you know, a lot of people overcoming addictions and things like that. And so, yeah, I mean, you can Google it. It's all over too and find, you know, people that can train you in it. Sure. Yeah. Thanks for that explanation of TM. Susan, I've worked in bullying prevention for over a decade, and I've seen how the practice of mindfulness can make a huge difference in the lives of children or adults who have been bullied. Do you have a story about a bullying situation that you'd share where mindfulness would have made a difference? For me personally, a lot of the bullying that I have experienced has been more what I like to call mind bullies. Or kind of just, you know, the ego that um, makes me think that I have to be someone different. And lately, a lot of that has been kind of just on social media. And it's not necessarily that people have been posting things like, your posts are stupid or this or that. It's just that everybody's posting so much of so many cool things and this and that. And so then I start to feel like, well, I'm not doing enough of that. And I'm not good enough, you know. And mm. And so it's kind of more of that, you know, I'm in a sense, allowing myself to bully myself. When right. I when I listen and, and, you know, give in to what other people are doing and what all these great things that they're achieving and getting away from my true connection, my true mindfulness, which is, wait a second. No, I know who I am. I know why I am. I don't need to be out there, you know, doing what everybody else is doing. I need to be who I am and be grateful for what I'm able to do exactly in this situation that I am in right now. And if I can post something and I get that out there, great. If not, you know, and, and so I'm, you know, that's kind of what I've experienced that. And, and a little bit with my kids too, like I know some of them have had, had a lot of it. And unfortunately they haven't told me any, you know, specifics, but I know it exists and I'm truly trying to just help them you know, with that same thing of know who you are, know what, 
what you need to do and try and live true to that. Don't try and be what somebody else says you need to be because when you can know who you are, then you're totally fine and content to be where you are with who you are and however situation you are. But it, it is a really hard thing, especially for for the youth and, and on social media. But we just have to take a step back from that and, and tune in and connect to ourselves. Yeah, I like what you said about social media. You know, Sue, sometimes I just feel I can be way more mindful if I completely disconnect myself from anything digital, from anything social media, because I want to live in the moment. And if I'm thinking about the moment, I'm thinking, oh, well, should I be taking a picture of this? And should I be uploading it? That's not really living in the moment, is it? No, that's not. And that's, you know, or if we're thinking, okay, if I post this and, you know, how many people are going to like it? Or what if nobody does like it? And what, you know, then then why are you even posting about a moment that you couldn't even enjoy? You know? Right. And I had this kind of a really cool experience. I was at a Ellie Goulding concert actually not too long ago with my daughter. She's she's a musician and and uh, really trying to change the music and become very mindful of, of her her own stuff. She's she's amazing thing. And um, anyhow, we were at this concert and I w- was really impressed with Ellie Goulding. She came out at one point. She sat down and she told everyone. She says, "Okay, now take out your phones, you know, and shine up the light and everything like that." And everyone's like, "Yeah, we're all doing that." And then she says, "Now turn it off." put it in your pocket and just enjoy being here. <laughs> I was <laughs> I like, like wow, this is amazing. <laughs> you know, I mean, just thousands and thousands of people. And, and that was just truly, that really kind of hit me too. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, cause everyone was taking all these pictures, posting, looking here, I'm at this concert and everything, but are you actually enjoying being at the concert and who you're with? You know? And I remember I just put my arms around my daughter at that point, we were standing there in the mosh pit and I just said, this is it. This is the joy. This is, I don't need to record this on anything, you know, other than in in my heart and my mind right now. Yes. Yes. Sue, my next questions are part of the multi-mode round. Just short 30-second answers are perfect. Here's the first one. Who is one person who has influenced your mindfulness practice? I would have to say uh, Marianne Williamson. She is just amazing. I've read all of her books and just the connection that I feel of what she's doing with spreading, just connecting to love and how it heals and who we are has been powerful to me. I just love her. So how has mindfulness affected your emotions? Oh, goodness. It has been the most amazing thing because sometimes, I mean, that was one thing I was growing up. My I was always told, you're so emotional. And my kids say that all the time too. And so, but being able to be mindful of who I am and where I am and why I am and how I am, just being able to connect to that and be present in that moment has allowed my emotions to not be all crazy wild over the place, but just to be centered in that joyful experience of every single moment. Tell us how breathing is part of your mindfulness practice. Breathing is so powerful. And as a yoga instructor, I've learned that breathing, you know, we talk about core and a lot of times people think, oh, I got to build that six pack abs. But to me, breathing is core. Breathing is what gets the movement and the flow from head to toe. And it's right centered there in, in our heart, in our, 
in our true core. And so as we breathe through things and that, and B is actually the letter B in my book. And as we breathe through things, we can live through things. And so breathing is essential. It's, it's core. If you could recommend a book on mindfulness, I know your book is fantastic, (laughs) The ABCs of Joyful Living, and I hope you'll tell us how we can get that in a couple of minutes. But what other book would you recommend? I say I love Marianne Williamson, her Return to Love, and anything by Wayne Dyer is good. And then like I mentioned too earlier, this The Ideal Made Real by Christian D. Larson. It's just an old thing. Um... But yeah, there's, I don't know, there's a lot out there. (laughs) Yeah, there is. Okay. Can you share an app that helps you to be more mindful? You know, like I said, I am still such a noob to so much of the social media. But um, I was thinking that, and, and I'm a big person on the, you know, like with my joy, it stands for just open yourself, you know, making these acronyms of things. And I was thinking that, um, the, the best app that I could recommend is to apply proper perspective, just wherever you're at, you know, just apply that proper perspective. And it's not an actual physical app, but it's one that we can create in our own mind. <laughs> I like that. If I'm looking for an app, I'm going to think, hmm, apply proper perspective. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> what advice would you give a person who is new to the idea of mindfulness and they'd like to start using it in their life? I would say, first and foremost, believe that you are valuable, that you are joy, that you are here for a purpose. And you can find that purpose. And all you have to do is take a moment to connect and believe in who you are. Stop frantically frenzying, searching out there. Um, Because joy isn't lost. It's in you. And you can find that through a mindful connection of believing how awesome and powerful you are and what a great purpose you have for being here on this earth. Wow. And you really have an amazing purpose because just telling your story, you know, it inspires me and I'm sure it will inspire so many Mindful Tribe listeners out there. So tell us, how can we connect with you? How can we learn more about you and how can we get your book? All right. Well, I have um, my website. It's just, it's susangsquire.com. Or if you like experiencejoyfulliving.com, either one points to the same thing. And then I have um, I have a Facebook group page and business page, a business called Experience Joyful Living. And the group page that anyone I would love to have join on is called just, um, I'm trying to remember what I called it here, Sim- Simple Joyful Living, I think. Um but yeah, my face or my website is the main, and it's got links to my Facebook and Instagram and and other things there, and also where to find my book that's just uh, available on Amazon. That's great. That's great. So your your Facebook group is called Experience Joyful Living, right? That's the main Facebook um, page. Yeah, the group is called Simply Joyful Living. Simply Joyful Living. Well, I'll check that out. That's fantastic. And, you know, Sue, it has been really good talking with you. I've really enjoyed hearing about your journey and where you've come. And you've certainly come a long way from 
being, you know, back there in those dark days wondering what you were going to do. And, you know, you were there with five children and your life seemed like a, a shambles. You've, you've really made huge headway. So thank you so much for sharing your journey with Mindful Tribe today. Thank you, Bruce. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's been it has been quite a journey, and that is the thing that, you know, joy in the journey is what I really am trying to experience and, and live, and I appreciate the opportunity to, to share that, and I'm still, I'm still in the journey, right? but it, it truly is a joyful one. Right. Well, my pleasure to get to know you. Thanks, and bye now. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For insightful blog articles and show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com. Don't forget to get your free book all about how to bring more joy into your life called The Ideal Made Real by Christian D. Larson. Just go to mindfulnessmode.com ideal. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.